He's one of our own. He's one of our own. Jaffet Tanganga. He's one of our own. It's real. It's here. It's back. Good evening and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. And what a glorious, glorious day it has been. The beast we love to hate, the Premier League has returned. And in this first weekend of said new season, well, you've already picked it up. What a great result it was for us today. The mighty Tottenham Hotspur beating Manchester City at White Hart Lane. I had a quite sarcastic line about our opening fixture against Abu Dhabi, Sovereign Wealth Fund, tap, tapity, tap, tap, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Who us? Never bent a financial fair pay rule ever. No, no, not us, Gov. FC. But who cares? We stuffed them. Uh, it was incidentally the first game seen in a rip-roaring White Hart Lane for 17 and a half months. We will also be looking back at the latest week that was in the world of Tottenham Hotspur. And with the transfer deadline creeping ever closer, we will be getting to the whole mad mechanism that is the transfer window. What we like about it, what we don't, and the changes we'd like to see. My name is Steph, and joining me are Ricky, Ram, and Milo. Hello, chaps. How are you? Hey, Steph. Hi, Steph. You haven't answered the question. How are you? Ecstatic. Although I have just seen that you've called me Milo. In the in the notes there, <laughs> Milo, 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 Milo. Well done, well picked up, mate. Well picked up. Yes, uh, a new season, of course, uh, chaps, means that Milo has been rifling through his smash hits back issues again to find an intro question. So, gents, on behalf of the mighty Milo, I'd like you to tell me what's your favourite TV theme tune of all time, starting with you, Ram. Okay, so. I wanted to say the A team because it's such a perfect mm, really. um soundtrack of my childhood and it really brings back great memories. But the honest answer is the Golden Girls. What a theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Milo's oh. first out of the traps with a snigger at that one. So uh Milo, why don't you uh, uh, appraise us of your favourite TV? Well, theme thank you tune. for being a friend, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I called you was... by your real name. <laughs> That's nice. I was, I was thinking back on this as well. So I was very tempted by Joe 90, oh. which I really like. But, but I think Hawaii Five O. Oh, it's a good yeah. one. That's I like good that a lot. One. When I was a kid, I used to copy the Steve McGarrett when it was... Yeah. And he used to look back from that tower behind him in Honolulu and you used to think, man, he looks so cool. <laughs> I wish I was Jack Lord. Yeah, it's a good call, that. I had a little seven-inch EP when I was a kid with... Um, it had Hawaii Five O on it. Black Beauty. Forget that. Skip that one. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what the other one... There was, was four tracks on it, but Hawaii Five O got, got uh, hammered. Yeah, that's great. Solid, solid, solid entry. Ricky, you're going to have to... Yeah, got some living up to do there, mate. Um, I'm, I'm, I was sure that Milo was going to go for Test Match Cricket there. <laughs> Because <laughs> that is a great tune, let's it be honest. Is. Soul Limbo. Yeah, Soul Limbo. Soul Limbo. Booker T and the Machines, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to go for Taxi. Oh. Taxi mm. was a love, such a smooth, nice sound. I love Taxi. Mm. Program was pretty good as very well. Very good. Uh, my, my, I'm, yeah, I'm going to throw a couple in. I mean, I have to say, I really loved uh, Channel 4's Italian 90. The ba 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 but you can tell I'm going to sing them all now. Um, but I have to give mine to the Sopranos uh, and, and, and Alabama 3. I think that's just one of the, the most, I think it's the most iconic TV theme tune I've ever heard. Mm. I mean, it's. But I mean, even though it's actually not technically a theme tune, it's a song used as one, but they kind of owned it. So I'm going Alabama 3. Yeah, but of course, there's at least six of them in the band, I think. So I was always very confused by that. I quite liked it. But anyway, so let's start with the week that was. Uh, more specifically, a little bit of transfer news. 
as suggested on this pod a few weeks ago, uh, actually by you, Milo, to be fair, it is official that Alfie Whiteman has gone out on loan to Swedish side De Gerfors. De Gerfors' former first-choice keeper, Ishmael Diawara, joined Malmo on Wednesday with Whiteman replacing him. That's, by the way, is what you get with this pod. You get to find out where Degafor's keeper went to, which I think is top, top pottery. And don't you forget it. You only get it on The Game is About Glory. Tell your friends. Uh, this is what Wyman's first loan and a great opportunity for him to get first team football are very very true and presumably Brandon Austin will stay at Spurs this season and be third choice uh, Dennis Serkin joined Sunderland on the permanent deal finally on Wednesday and it is a shame to lose young Dennis but with three left backs ahead of him in the pecking order maybe he couldn't see an easy route into the first team it is rumoured that we have a £6 million buyback clause so hopefully we will see him in a Spurs shirt again after a really successful spell in Sunderland we also learnt who our opponents will be in our first ever Europa Conference Proletariat Champions League tie. It will be FCP Pazos de Fajeda. Did I say that well? FCP Pazos de Fajeda. With the first leg away on Thursday, August 19th and the second leg at home on Thursday, August the 26th. This is a playoff match with the winner entering the group stages of this inaugural tournament. More in this game later because I'm getting ahead of myself because we're, we're here, lads. We can talk about it. <laughs> the first game of the season. <laughs> a screaming stadium. The energy, the electricity. I, I, what do you think of the lineup? Um, we Man City's bogey team. The questions. It's just, Ram, calm me down. <laughs> calm me down. Your emotions. Your emotions right now. I, what do you feel about this 1-0 win I, over Manchester City? I'm absolutely ecstatic. I think, you know, the just everything about today has been absolutely spot on. And I've got to admit, when I saw that, I, I made a bold prediction with you, Steph, in our group chat. Uh, I said that we would win today. And I must admit, and I'll call myself out, when I saw the lineup, my confidence dropped a bit because I thought, you know, I was like, oh God, this team against that City team. Plus we had unproven in, in um, Brian Heedle on the on the bench and we did, I didn't feel we had much coming off the bench. But boy, what a game. What performance, what heart. And I, I was absolutely beaming at the end of that game. And for me, this is absolutely a Nunu, a Nuno era. Oh, let me say that again. <laughs> I like that. No, no, because actually it's funny because I was trying to think of songs for Nuno and I was thinking of the Bad Manners song, Nini na 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 nu 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 And I was thinking, Nini na 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 nu no nu no nu no nu no. But then I remembered that Buster Blood Vessel's a gooner, so we probably can't do that. Milo, bring some common sense to this now, please. Emotions. I was more Mindy, I thought. No, 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 no. I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling pretty more Mindy with excitement right now, mate. Anything could happen. I can't predict what's flying out of my mouth in the next hour. So bring some common sense to us. Um, you know, a little bit of emotion in there. Come on, my friend. What was it like to see that 1-0 win today? Yeah, it was a really solid performance. Everyone played well right the way through the team. Um, I thought our game plan, you know, went really well. So it was said that... Um, Nuno thought that we were a bit easy to bully off the ball last season and that's what he'd been telling his Wolves side to do and that's the reason why in pre-season we were doing all of that resistance training so all of the training you saw with the players wearing the giant elastic bands and trying to run against them and the the stuff where they had the big balls that they were uh, pushing against each other and all that kind of stuff you know all of that training was around trying to improve their core strength and I thought that Jeff, really it's showed big balls are pushing against Sterling and and and, and Grealish for the entire <laughs> game nice to see sorry i know um, that'll probably hit the floor but i had to. <laughs> um so jaffet's big balls against uh, Grealish's flopper is that what your um <laughs> is that your takeaway from the game 
Oh, tremendous. Keep it let's keep going. What a vibe. So, what a vibe. Uh, Excellent. Yes, yes, um, you've nailed it, mate. <laughs> um so I, but I thought that really showed in that particularly once we weathered the first 15 minutes um there was a real snap in our tackle today you know most of our chances came from came from turnovers against them and uh, I thought City really struggled with it and they were getting a bit whingy and niggly about it which is really interesting because that's what they've done to us in the past where there's been snide little fouls and what have you it wasn't the off the ball stuff with them or the taps or the ankles and stuff like that we were just really solid and firm on them and um so i think all of that work in pre-season really paid benefit and also that kind of that all that fitness in the last 15 minutes there was no letting off of the pace apart from when we were wasting time which was nice to do against them but it was um there was no letting off the pace we, you know, we seemed really really fit and one of the things that you know we were talking about just before we came on air steph is to say delhi ran 11 kilometers today during that game and that's more than anyone else Skip was the only other player to run more than 9.7 kilometers. So, so Delhi covered a lot of ground. He was really pressing. It wasn't the Delhi that we'd seen in preseason. He didn't have many opportunities to join a front four. But what he was doing, he was closing down, snapping, and, and really, really pressuring them. And, you know, we saw the same from Hoybier and, and Skip through midfield. It was, it was just an excellent performance. And say, as you were saying, you know, that's without us getting on to Jaffet, who undoubtedly was man of the match and may well have just saved us 20 million quid. Well, it's tough to say, isn't it? Because you've got, as you say, you've got Jaffet, who was just outstanding. You've got Delhi, who was tremendous. Uh, also, I think Lucas Mora deserves a Mora's really great. good mention yeah. here. Thought yeah. he really uh, defied critics uh, again, uh, of which I think I've been honest in the past. I have been, and I usually say that. But I'm always very happy to admit when he proves me wrong and he continues to do so. So, yes. Ricky, you now get to uh, enjoy the moment as well. Your feelings on today's 1-0 victory over the Champions. Well, it's an old cliche, but I was over the moon with the way things went today. And I was over the moon for Nuno and the fans there. I mean, it's been a bit of a tough, close season with what's been going on. I think actually pre-season itself for the team have been going reasonably well. But um, obviously, we were going to be starting with a team that pretty much looked like last year's team we've got no new recruits that are starting yet mm. and you couldn't fault one of them from 1 to 11 you couldn't fault them and some of the stuff I was seeing in the last 20-25 minutes I couldn't believe my eyes considering what we witnessed the last couple of yeah. seasons Nuno he must be feeding them something and you know I mean it's working whatever it is because they, they certainly look like they're buying into his his thoughts and his systems and, mm. and I mean it's going to take a while to get up to speed but you can't have a bigger obstacle than Man City on the first day and um, to beat them I mean, yeah, they have a few players out, but we're certainly not fully up to speed yet. But if it's effort you want and commitment and tenacity, they gave that in space. And, and, and definitely Jaffid, he was like an animal today. And like any good animal, we marked his area on that corner of the pitch early in the game. <laughs> and anyone's coming in here, they're going to get it. And um, he kind of led by example in that way. But plenty of others were following. Magic stuff. Yeah, I mean, you say that it's tough, but I mean, Man City at home for us is as, as close as we can get to a home banker, isn't it? So... <laughs> We shouldn't get carried away. There's tougher games ahead. <laughs> uh, I thought, and say, Jaffet, in terms of, you know, he's got Grealish and, uh, and Sterling up against him. That, that There isn't a tougher, I'd be surprised if he gets a tougher uh, challenge than that all season exactly. in terms of the players there and what they can do. Um, and he was, he had them. What was particularly impressive about what he was doing for me was that he was playing them the way that you used to watch Ledley play really good players in terms of physical, tough, but really giving them very few chances to, to, to con things out of him. I mean, 
and and Grealish was flopping all over the place and trying to, and and Sterling got into it as well. But but he was really, and the referee did a very good job, I thought, finding that line in the game as well. Mm. He was really walking that line so well, and I was looking, thinking with more experience, he's really he could end up playing the game in the way Ledley did in terms of being physical, but never going over the over the line. The other thing that was great was I'm pretty sure that 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 was part of Pep's plan. The Sanganga could be a weak spot. At, uh, on the right back let's sort of overload him on that side mm. and he just pushed that all out of the way and Pep no wonder he was talking to his old cronies on the old bench there because he just couldn't figure out how to like you know deal with it basically you were asking earlier what Nuno has been feeding them and you know I thought that one of the, the clearest things he's been feeding them was structure plan assignment and, and and a real real collective community shape and no two players benefited more than that more from that today for me than Eric Dyer and, and Davison Sanchez, two of the most maligned players in our squad for the last two years, who I think today were virtually flawless mm-hmm. and were, uh, and in, in Dyer's case was quietly imperious. And Ram, I, I thought, I, I thought it might be interesting to hear what you thought about that as a comment and overall to, you know, give us a little thought on, on Nuno's, you know, what Nuno's done in terms of shape and focus. I agree with you with, uh, Dyer and Sanchez on on that comment and uh, there was a couple of things I saw today. Dyer made very positive affirmative actions where a couple of times last season he kind of didn't go in and him and Hugo had a bit of a miscommunication and we conceded a a few times through that and he, he was just there was leadership and it wasn't just leadership between the two of them there was leadership all around the pitch so they were they were doing their jobs because they were confident that others were doing theirs and it was like that you know in a circular motion across that pitch and there was just so much communication so much everyone was talking to each other there wasn't just you know normally you, you have the usual suspects Dyer talking to the players um Hoybier, but everyone was communicating they were disciplined there was heart and I think that's what Nuno's given them. He's given, he's kind of just told them to go out there and, and, and really just play as a unit and play as, as if they're all leaders, not just as if, you know, okay, follow what such and such is doing. I think what helped them today was that we didn't you know, drop deeper and deeper and deeper as the mm. game went on. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the problem we saw last year with, you know, both of those centre-backs was that we were playing so deep and we were inviting play on that, you know, with that number of chances that you're allowing an opposition to have, you're almost inviting a mistake, aren't you? You're, mm. you're expecting something like that to happen and you're making it difficult for them. We expected a hell of a lot from our centre-backs last year. And I think Nuno's already made it a little, their job a little bit easier by not playing in that way. And, and I think, actually, to be fair, we saw, saw that with Mason towards the end of last season as well. Yeah, and I, I'd agree with you on, on both of their performances. I, I feel a little sorry for Sanchez because he, he's obviously come back from the Copa America, you know, brimming full of confidence. And he looks um, looks like a different player to the one that we saw a few times last, you know, quite often last season. But he's about to lose his place. Romero's going to come in and um, he's going to find himself out, you know, on the bench or playing in the cups. It, it, it's a bit of a shame because he, he's playing really well. We assume. I'd be amazed if that didn't happen. Uh, you know, we yeah, that is possibly what could happen. But I think that in, the, in a good way, there is still very much a place for him in the squad. And I think he still mm-hmm. could have a big part to play um, in, in some big games coming up. In the first 15, 20 minutes, he looked like our new ball playing centre-half, didn't he? Because he kept just ping it. He was the one we'd release it to and he'd ping it. And that, mm-hmm. Which the long balls... Although you think, oh my God, this is ridiculous. We actually won quite a few of them. Sonny got in there or Mora yeah. got in there. So it wasn't like a, a fruitless exercise. Um, I think today as well, we played 
especially even from the front through, play quite narrow to maybe force them round on the sides a bit more. And maybe you're playing a bit more into like Dyer's or Sanchez's strengths by doing that. I mean, they weren't. It's not like we were playing a high line, but we weren't playing a deep line. We, I think, the good thing is, is when we did break them, when we nick the ball off them, we just attacked it with more kind of vigor and numbers than we've done other times. I think, and I think we said mm. that it looked in the first half that we were maybe not capitalizing on that because maybe the three are still getting a bit used to each other because occasionally we came kind of backwards when it looked like we should still be kind of progressing forwards, and um, so we didn't always take sort of full advantage of those opportunities that came our way. But I think, like we said earlier. Um, well we said in when chatting before this that um, I think maybe Nuno just gave him a bit more confidence for the second half to go for it especially Sonny I mean I watched Nuno's post-match press conference which, which, which or actually post-match pitch side interview I should say I haven't mm. watched a press conference yet but his post-match pitch side uh, first of all again I mean the man just exudes calm he just exudes calm and I love it when he says if there's you know, and he said this a few times already since he's been at the club. If there's one thing that the COVID era has taught us, it's that we must enjoy every moment. I mean, what a great message in general and what a great message for our, for you know, specifically for our side. And they did look like they were enjoying it today, the work rate and everything and, and all the effort. They looked like they were enjoying getting benefits from having put all that work in. But he said three words to me. Well, he said three words to the entire world, but he said three words that to me really stuck. Building small societies. And he was talking about on the pitch, that the effort and so on and so forth, that he said it's about out on that pitch, building small societies. I'm interested in what those words might mean to it to, to any of you um, when he says that. Do they resonate with you like it did with me? Or is this a tangent uh, that I'm going off on that will end up on the edit floor? What do you think he meant by that, Steph? Do you think he meant like uh, uh, creating sections of the pitch where people have good relationships together? Or I did think that very much. And I think also like, you know, each, each little society and collective has a very defined and specific role to support mm, the other. Yeah. Um, and I feel that that's one of the chief reasons that Dyer and Sanchez were able to get on with their jobs much, so much more yeah. effectively. And I think also it plays into what Milo was saying earlier as well, that, you know, we st- we offered a threat throughout the game. We didn't just fold back mm-hmm. and play deep. We, we, we were quite brave in the sense of we always left through, we always left three up. One of the criticisms we made quite a lot of, the, of us last season was that there weren't ob- obvious partnerships. So yeah. um, quite often... You know, in the key parts of the uh, of the pitch, players look like strangers, and I don't think that was the case today. So, I mean, Dyer and Sanchez, no. you know, played very well together. The three in central midfield played well; they played well as a unit. Um, and I think them playing so many games together, not rotating so much in the later preseason friendlies, really paid benefits today. Um, and I think the other thing that's interesting is, say, we're so we're seeing Hoybier playing in his Danish. Euros position rather than the position we saw him last season and uh, Skip had an excellent game at the base of midfield he played very well he, he had really a you know, nervy first 10-15 minutes and you know maybe had to kind of stretch himself uh, you know a bit more than um, than was probably expecting but he would have learnt so much from that game today uh, there is again there isn't in, a tougher midfield in the amounts. league to, to play yeah. against and uh, and he he did really well I mean adding on to what you were saying about Delhi and the amount of ground he's covered I mean the other thing you're going to 100% get out of Skip and Hoiberg is kind of maximum effort as well so add all those three together mm-hmm. and of course the, that's going to help the defence it's got to yeah and you, you put Lo Celso in there as the rotation the obvious rotation option and he covers a lot of ground as well he's very hard working will press relentlessly so as a four for those three positions there you've, you've got yeah. nine Nice options there, and I think the players we're seeing not involved are the ones who are less adapt, adept at that. 
I think the other thing about our starting eleven today is none of the players there are players with big egos. They're all players who work. They're all players who buy into a system and, and run constantly. And maybe the players we're seeing less of are the ones who are less keen on that. And, you know, maybe those, you know, there's a sign there around what Nuno might want longer term and what, you know, a Nuno side might look like after a couple of windows when we've managed to really you know, finish the job of refreshing the squad. Do we think that um, Skip's loan to Norwich might be one of our most successful loans of all time? Because they made him the heartbeat of their team, essentially. So we probably owe them a bit of thanks for doing that in the championship. And he's come back, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, I've absolutely bossed it in that midfield after that initial nervy sort of 10-15. But it's, it's nice to know that we've got those super solid options because obviously mm. Man City is a bit of a kind of specialist case quite often when you play them when you know we're going to be playing mm-hmm. other teams that you would call so-called lesser teams but hopefully that's where Lo Celso who can play both of those types of games and hopefully Ndombele when he comes back we can use him in the midfield areas as well. Let me also bring up a, a I mean it, we're literally going through player by player and there's only a couple of players we haven't really talked about well there's three left to talk about uh, the first of which uh, we haven't discussed at all either in our WhatsApp thread in our pre-game before we went on air uh, just now. Uh, and it was, I think, Sergio Reguilón's best defensive performance for us. Uh, we really didn't see very much of him going forward. But it wasn't the way we were playing, it wasn't the system. But my word, he was really solid today. And, and, and he really proved the point to me that, again, when you give good footballers a proper system and, a, and, and they can see that their teammates are playing to a proper system and everyone's all in, they can, they can do their job very, very well. And we've questioned him as a defensive player in the past, but I don't think we will be after today, will we? No, I don't think so. I think, um, as I said, I think we kind of forced them into the wide areas and we were so lucky that Regulon and Jacket were mega on their game. Uh, so that sort of snuffed that out and just gave us a platform. Or they, they weren't helping that much in attack, but that's because mm. they were so busy in defence. But at least that gave us that big platform for when we got the ball off them because in the mid they had a lot of middle third possession and in the first 15 20 minutes they were good and then they kind of just lost their way a bit they're they're, they're usually massively creative city but they ended up almost like towards in the second half adopting the villa tactic which was let's give it to Grealish and see what he can do and um, (laughs) it was great it was like let's let's give it to De Bruyne and see if he can magic something out of nothing but no the thing was anyway sorry the way that city play i mean they're they're um they're they're play sort of down the flanks and like cutting in and and like taking it right to the byline and then um putting it into the middle that's something that's so synonymous with them and they're so good at it so it just goes to show how good Jaffa and uh, Reggie mm. were today and you know I actually put Reggie as a when we talked when we we're, we're going to discuss sort of you know players that had good game or bad game and I I considered putting Reggie purely because I was like oh, I didn't see much of him going forward and then I actually thought about it and I was like but he was brilliant he was absolutely brilliant he he did the job of a defender um as he should have today and that you know it's a credit to him because because it shows that he can he can vary his game and he can like mix it up when he needs to I think um, one of the things we need to remember about Reggie is that he had um, a little time out injured last season and again on on here I I was speculating as to whether he was struggling a bit coming back from those injuries and and, and I think maybe we're just seeing Reggie after a you know full pre-season and and back to match fitness and that the second half of last season after he came back from that injury was a bit of a slog for him because he was having to you know play his way back into form. He did get forward a lot more towards the end of the game, particularly after Lo Celso came on. Um, and I thought we saw him further up then. And, and again, I think that comes down to our 
uh, us being fitter than City and, and, and having the, the legs to, to go the distance. I thought he had a good game. Um, there were a couple of mistakes early on. He, I, he lost the ball in midfield and was a bit slow to track back. Um, but he, he was another one who was very vocal. I saw him making a, you know, a lot of noise and, um, he, he had a good game. If we're going to do this, we might as well say, say actually that Lloris, although not really troubled too much by them, had a good game as well. Yeah. He had an early problem when he came, he missed that misjudged ball that really mm. should have resulted in a goal for Fernandinho, who, who I think at that point mm. is Mr. Sitter. Uh, that's the only mistake I saw him make. Yeah. His fist was very close to his head. I wonder whether that put him off. I don't know when he was coming out then. But he was he was a lot more um, assertive today and coming out for stuff more than we've seen him. Uh, you know, last season yeah. he he hugged his line a lot more than we had previously, and he was coming out for things today. Yeah, and then we we move. Obviously, now we're going to go up top. Um, I think you know we'll leave. We'll leave the man till last. Um, let's talk about Stevie Bergwijn, who had another one of his increasingly stronger games. You know, we've seen this growing through preseason. He's been growing and growing and growing. And again today, he put in a, a really storming performance, working hard, giving City a lot of, a lot to think about. Again, the only blemish being that when he got the moment, you know, he didn't convert. And, uh, you know, we can all say it's quite easy for me to say from the comfort of my sofa that, you know, you just think it over the top of the goalkeeper. I mean, that is a great goalkeeper we're talking about. It's not an easy chance and we need to remember that. But rather than, than sort of, you know, think too much about that and, and the miss and what it will do to his confidence, I won't. You know, we should reflect he is becoming the player that we signed. Yeah, I think he's a team player. What he does, he's another one who, who goes out and does follows his manager's orders, and we've seen him carry out a number of roles, you know, during his year and a half with us, and you know, doing what he's told, following instructions, and you know, that's why he's getting picked. Cause managers like that. Managers like players who go out and do what they're told to do. Like I'm trying to do what I'm told today by not well. mentioning past managers and keeping the uh, <laughs> keeping the show tight. I'm trying. I'm trying to listen to the management. If we had a rotation option, Steph, then. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I understand. I understand, mate. But anyway, as we say, I'm trying to be disciplined and not interrupt people. That's the other thing I'm trying not to do is to maintain my discipline and not interrupt people, as you were saying. <laughs> I think a lot of the criticism, he, he does get a lot of flack from um, from our supporters. And that's partly because, I th- you know, he's playing alongside more individualistic players. And I think, you know, he'd maybe get the limelight more. And he quietly goes about his business and just does all of the basic things really, really well. And I think sometimes that gets overlooked for, you know, Mora will do a Maisie dribble and, you know, maybe doesn't do some of the other things he's doing and that gets the attention. Whereas, you know, Bergwin's just consistently doing his job right the way through. He's a seven out of 10 player every week at the moment, isn't he? And there's a, there's a place for that. Well, I did notice when he first joined, he's very much a player that knows, he knows when to pass, but he can also go on his own. And he's quite good at making that decision yep. of when to do that and when not to do that. And we've not seen that as much because I think last year he was just doing too much water carrying, basically. That's what he's instructed mm-hmm. to do. And so I'm hoping he kind of blossoms again this year. And once again, as I've said before, uh, you could have a perfect coach to be doing that under, really, for developing players. You think of Jota, think of Neto, think of all them. You just waved a red flag in front of me, didn't you? <laughs> you just said last season he was being too much of a water carrier. That's a red flag. Are you trying to no. get me in trouble with, with no, Miller? No, I'm toning it down. I'll keep giving you tappings other weeks. I know what's, I know what's happening here. I know what's Steph, going it's, on. It's, I it's, a new, new, on. it's a new, new era. <laughs> yeah. But I, I agree with Steph. Um, well, I sh- without wanting to go back to it, but I will. Um, I agree with Steph that that was uh, that was a really good chance for him today because it had a beautiful deflection uh, that just fell straight in his path. And I agree with Steph that normally, because their keeper came out and you just pop it over the top of him there. If he's doing that in a month's time, then maybe there's a bit to worry about. First game yeah. of the season. Excitable um, crowd. Just let him sit. Yeah. Yes. 
I agree. Yeah, and I think with with him, with Bergwijn, even if he gets, whether he gets the ball or not, he always tends to be in the right position. I think his positional sense is great. Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah, he was mighty when he was charging away from like. I mean, it, it just, we saw the turn of speed that we sort of seen from him, you know, when he first arrived, and that had been lost during his water carrying duties. Uh, but we saw it come back today. Uh, I mean, he was ch- tearing away from people, you know, quite, but uh, with some power as well. I mean, much like Luke. Again, I mean, we haven't spent too much time talking about Lucas, and we probably won't, uh, but for, for no other reason than we don't really have the time. But I, I thought both of them were, were, yeah. were excellent today, and I, I think you know, look, let's go to Sunny and let's talk about the goal, and let's recognise this is the moment to recognise something that Lucas did, uh, which just typified just what a brilliant piece of skill yeah. to get that move rolling. I mean, wow, mm-hmm. really, really nice. And then of course it fell to Sunny. And who wants to take up Sonny's performance today? I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, leading the line, there's a, there's a handful of things he has to do there that probably don't come particularly naturally to him, but he's got better at the more he's played there. I think it's telling. I think our front three look better than theirs. I felt sorry for Torres today. I mean, City mm. have almost forgotten how to play over number nine or a forward. They just don't even know how to serve a player like that. Yeah. I hope a certain gentleman was watching. He'll get no service. That's right. It's no point going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sun had a really strong game today. He took a little while to grow into it. And I think, um, you know, I put some of that down just to, you know, it's early in the season. It takes a little while to get into the groove. But I thought he had a really good game. He took his goal great. And um, I think he got better as the game went on. And I think also we're seeing him in Kane's absence. And we've seen this with with, um, Sun before. He, He grows. He's a bigger player. He's a better player in Kane's absence. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Milo. I think he is—he definitely is that. I mean, you still kind of think, well, with Kane, he's st- him and Kane are still going to be kind of, you know, better mm-hmm. uh, reach a better total of goals and that kind of thing. But I think the other thing with him is he looked good in pre-season. He looked quite sharp since he's been back. He's signed that contract, so that's kind of peace of mind. He's probably really settled in his head. He's basically signed to play for us for pretty much the rest of his career. And I think he, he does love playing for us, I think. And if he can carry responsibility, I think he's up for that these days. I think he's up for that. Can I just pick up one thing? So Jonathan Veal, just after the game, tweeted that um, since Pep Guardiola called Tottenham the Harry Kane team, Spurs have beaten City four times at home and Kane has only played once. And even then he came off injured early in that game. So... Um, so since his... Is that the first recorded instance of him tapping up Harry? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. That, yes, well that, said. And absolutely. That's when Steph first <laughs> noted it in his book of Crimes Against Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> it's uh, vol, vol, volume 2022. Yeah. Or it's, a lot, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a yeah, heavy old tome. Yeah. <laughs> Several volumes taken up by the last two years. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It it is. No, I mean, it's true that that what we're saying and what you said, uh, Milo, about Son, you know, growing as a player when when Harry's not there. um, I think that's so true. And I think also, actually, in the first half today, I felt he was a little reluctant to be the sunny of usual where he will push on and maybe just have a go and was maybe being a little more conservative. I know that you felt he was feeling his way into the game. That's very possible. I thought that he might have just been overthinking his role a little bit in that first half. New manager, new system, trying to make sure that he does right by the by the boss. And it just felt like second half he came out mm. and he was just, just that bit more purposeful. I mean, who knows? Whatever it was. I think that's a similar thing, though, isn't it, Steph? Yeah, you know, kind of- 
kind of feeling your way into the game, sure. feeling your way into the season, learning under a new manager. They're all kind of similar things. Yes, but I can't possibly be seen to agree with you on it. Oh, okay. so there's Sorry, got to be no, some no, difference no. between us, please. I mean, that we can't we can't do that. <laughs> no, you're right. You are right. I think also what we saw there is that um, City's back back four um, when they were in possession played very narrow and um, like cutting off space. So I think it, I think it took us our players a little a little bit of time to work out what City were doing and yes. uh, find ways around it. And I think also that's part of the reason why uh, the, the three of them got in each other's way a few times. So uh, particularly earlier in the game, you, you saw them um, just block each other's runs or, or run across each other, and, and um, we weren't quite uh, finishing off moves we started, which I th- which is something that Nuno picked up on in his press conference. He was saying that early in the game. We, we were starting moves, but we weren't able to finish them off. And that's one of the things that got better as the game got, went on. And I think he's right. And he, he talked about that being something that we need to work on. I do think this is a, a, the, the point as we come to the closure of analysing this victory today. I think it's the point to bring Harry Kane's name in and up. Uh, for what it's worth, I thought it was the uh, perfect decision by Nuno, mm-hmm. uh, the right thing to do. On a football sense, though, we go back to Sonny and Sonny growing as a player when Harry's not on the pitch. I think as much as anything, it's about the whole team not being subconsciously reliant on, you know, the best striker in the world. And he is. There's no denying it. It's a brilliant, brilliant player, Harry Kane. And I think there is a subconscious desire to, you know, kind of just give it to him because you know that eight out of 10 times he's going to get the job done. And that Mm -hmm. wasn't helped by the system we played the last two years, which basically just focused all our creative intent on two players or one plus one, I would say. So I think that one of the things, and I want to throw this open to you, is that, you know, if Harry is not sold, which I believe it would now be a disaster to sell him for a variety of reasons, um, which I'm sure you guys will fill in. You know, I think Harry needs to sort of remember what it was like to come in under mm-hmm. Poch and to work for your place and to work with the team again. And I, I say this not saying it's his fault. I don't blame him for the last two seasons. It's the way he was coached. But I do think that part of not starting these first few games is to understand, hey, it's it's you know what is it the who say new boss same as the old but not quite the same as the old mm-hmm. boss but you know what i mean it's the same energy as was had in 2016 it's that energy and he needs to it's the collective is what i'm trying to say that's kind of what i was trying to get at earlier on in terms of the team he picked today all being you know without ego yeah. and all you know uh, all, all workers but i don't think harry's had an ego necessarily would you think i think it's a I little think he's unfair definitely shown that, that in the last four or five months and we know why that's kind of what, but and we won't get into that because that's this week's red rag to a ball. And I, I mean, in in all seriousness, I don't want it to be about that, but I do think there's reasons why his head might have got a little more, too comfortable. I, I mean, yeah, I do. just a reminder. I think he's eager to have you know to win trophies, and he's decided to take the easy route. I do think, like with Harry, I think he is such a professional, and I don't have any qualms about him kind of coming back into the side. And I think he will be a team player, and he will be a part of a you know cohesive unit for that so he just needs to get I think he just we just need to whatever happens if he stays I've got no issue with him and I think he will perform to the best of his abilities and then if he goes he goes but yeah I I think it it is the the point you made about maybe him not being in the squad for a few games could be just a little bit of a a little bit of a reminder for him that hang on you know and it's a reminder to the team as yeah. well, to the rest of them. It's a reminder to Lucas Mora, to Stephen Bergwijn, to Deli Alley. It's a reminder that you and, and Son Young Min, it's a reminder, you know, you all have goals in you. Mm-hmm. Despite being told for a while that you do not yeah. have goals in you, you do and you can do it and you will do it. And it, obviously it will 
be better if Harry's in the side, but you will do it very, very well without him too. And it's, it's a help. Um, there's no two ways about it. It's a help to have results like that today because the stadium bouncing mm-hmm. like that, it's almost kind of like that is my team, but I'm not part of it. Are they kind of moving on without me? Or I mean, if we had five losses in the first month, it's almost kind of like, oh, yeah. Harry Kane, we need you back. You're going to be saving us. Well, if it's around the other way and we're kind of like showing real good form and it seems like something's coming together, it just plants a little seed in Harry's head, I think. It can plant a seed in Harry's head to think, especially if, in other words, staying wouldn't be a bad thing, especially if obviously the bid doesn't, you know, they don't come forth with the bid, basically. Final question for you on Harry. He was there in his box today with the family. On 85 minutes, I think 58,000 people started singing, Are You Watching Harry Kane? It kind of shocked me, actually, the, the veracity with which it was being sung and the ferocity. What do you think his reaction would have been? Do you think he would have chuckled and said, Ah, well, it's okay. We'll get this show back on the road. Or do you think it would have been like, Oh, crikey, I might have really, you know, overcooked my chips here. And handing the old um, You're One of Our Own song on to Jaffet. I suppose that really cheered him up as well. Mm. Well, I, I, of course, was happy to lead that charge. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was great that the fans voiced their opinion about that and I think it was a good just a little reminder for Harry that you know um, just just about the the way things have gone over the last sort of couple of months just with this whole transfer saga thing that you know the fans are, are they're, they're, we'll obviously get behind him but it's also a, another uh, thing about saying well no actually you know we're uh, we're going to let you know how we feel that might turn out to be our most important win of the season because it just creates a bit mm-hmm. of momentum it's a real occasion yeah. that was today closing thoughts one positive, one negative in 30 seconds. Three, two, one, Ricky. Uh, my positive is that the last 20, 25 minutes looked, had shades of the Battle of the Bridge in that. I thought we were like absolutely going for them. And everyone was in it. Everyone was on it. Everyone was in it. Following, you know, unbelievable. So there's no negatives because the positivity was so big. <laughs> Love it. Positives and negatives. One of each. Three, two, one, Ram. I'm going to go against management. I'm going to give you two positives very quickly. One is we've waxed lyrical about the team, but uh, the fans being back for me was uh, immense. And and just quickly, another positive is that it felt good to have our Tottenham back. It felt good to be excited by a performance, not just a win, but the performance. Um, and a negative was just, just one, my heart, when um, Hoybier hit the deck at one point, and that scared, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Not as bad as when um, Doherty come on. That was more scary. <laughs> <laughs> Who, in fairness, held his own. You were scared, okay. though, Steph. Be honest. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I was cacking it. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. But uh, the lighthouse, uh, the uh, the lighthouse star, was not there this he weekend. Well. He looked. Uh, he looked more like a Happy Gilmore, and I mean that in a positive <laughs> sense of him being sort of upbeat and cheerful, as opposed to miserable. He didn't play like Happy Gilmore. Oh, I'm getting myself into one here. Uh, Milo, uh, one positive, one negative. <laughs> Sorry, it's the joke that keeps on giving tonight. Uh, one positive, one negative in 30 seconds. Uh, for you, only 20. Three, two, one, go. So the positive is just great team performance. It's it's really good to see you know, that kind of cohesion and playing as a unit. And the negative, um, just the front three tripping over each other and getting each other in, in, in each other's way a little bit. Um, it's something that needs working on. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually just going to close by saying that I think you've covered all, all the positives that, that there are to cover. Um, uh, I will give the highlight positive to me was actually, uh, I thought Lucas Moura was, uh, was out of his skin today. I mean, just out of his skin and, and just looks, when he's playing like he did today, he just looks un- unplayable, untouchable, 
and intelligent. So uh, that was just an enormous positive because they're not things I always attribute to him. And you do wonder if Nuno is perhaps the coach who's going to really bring him to a fruition that we maybe didn't think was possible. Uh, And you know what? I don't have a negative. So with that, once again, a round of applause. If you're near that special effects button, Milo, look for it because we want a round of applause for today's 1-0 victory over Manchester City with the winning goal being scored by Sonny. There it is. Football is back. The stadium is packed. What a glorious, glorious afternoon it has been. That round of applause that you're hearing right now may well be uh, to do with the transfer window and the fact that, you know, maybe Daniel's played a blinder and is uh, absolutely not going to let Harry Kane go. But that's not what we're going to talk about in this next uh, section. We're going to have a little uh, ponder over this uh, thing, this phenomenon, the transfer window, which has become an integral part of modern day football. I mean, who here does not keep at least an eye and a half on their phone during deadline day? That is, if you haven't already thrown your dignity into the toilet and camped out with snacks and beverages by your TV with Sky Sports on, whilst monitoring social media with your phone and keeping an eye open and an ear and any other thing that you can monitor open uh, with who you can exchange transfer gossip with. So, okay, let's cut to the chase. Opening question, finger on the buzzer, whoever wants to answer it. Are transfer windows a good thing? Yes. And the reason they are is because I I feel like they don't allow um, bigger teams to disrupt smaller teams' flow during a season. Mm -hmm. Um, So imagine if a City and a Chelsea who already spend big in transfer windows, if they decide, if you know, if a rival, maybe a a smaller team in the league has one player that's really quite special and is is, is doing good things and they're like, we're going to nab that nap that player off you because we need him um so i think yes it it brings a little bit of control um against the uh the sort of elite and and big much bigger teams i think that's right i think what you'd see i mean you see this a little bit anyway with uh you know smaller teams best players being linked with bigger clubs in the lead up to a game against them but i think you'd see a lot more of that kind of disruptive activity ahead of those games if um if we were back where we were where um transfers could go you know a lot lot further into in, into the season I think probably there's also a case for them inflating fees a little bit towards the end of the window, isn't there? So that probably helps yeah. smaller clubs. Having the end date does kind of crystallise everyone's thoughts and their kind of work. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, not have it ongoing, just constantly in the background. Um, I mean, it can be a bit harsh if you ended up a bit like we did when Sun and Kane both get injured and you might need a striker. But, you know, use your youth team, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask this. I mean, do we think that perhaps the deadline day should be before the season starts? Do we think there's an argument for that to be the case, to force clubs to get their business done during the off-season? So as when you've kicked that ball on the first day of the season, you know that you've got that squad? Again, yeah, I, I agree with that. Because it, again, it's, it's disruptive, I think, if not, you know, and mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's just it's just a nice formulate way to to kind of start the season. Okay, we've done our business. All all clubs have done that. Let's get on with the season. Let's get on with playing football and not have this will he won't he. Mm-hmm. You know, agents getting involved, managers having to discuss things. Um, you know, in 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 the first few games when really we should just be talking about this the exciting new season that's come coming ahead. I think that's right. Uh, but we did have that, and we've just moved away from that. I think that would only work if um, all of the leagues within a jurisdiction, so all of the European clubs, had the same window. Because otherwise you've got the position, and we had this, didn't we, where our window had closed, but we still risked uh, Spanish clubs you know, trying to sign our players and what have you. So I, th- I think it would be really good if uh, you had coordinated 
I mean, there's no reason actually why you couldn't do it with um, seasons, at least in the major leagues, but certainly with the transfer windows as well, just synchronise them across Europe so that you don't have that issue. Yeah, I think it's definitely the best. I think it's the best plan to have like to be four or five games going on in the background while you're still trying to get players. It's just and managers need to discuss that. They might yeah. discuss tactics. They just want to kind of get set and then get on with their season. And if players yeah. are coming in in pre-season when the window's open, that's fair enough because you're just integrating them all the time. But I think um and and the date's almost irrelevant in the sense of all all the date does is just force everyone up to that date. So if you make mm. the date July the thirty first, everyone would just be forced up to that date. They'll still get the business done. Just need to you know yeah. Don't think a month gives you any extra time to do anything, particularly apart from wasting. I think that's right, and you know, if you look at the game today, where we've all, you know, we just had the discussion we just had, where we're trying to dance around the elephant in the room. Mm. If the window had closed on Thursday, that elephant wouldn't be there. So you know, as our season has been, you know, is being disrupted. It's not just us because it happens to lots of clubs, but uh, that issue wouldn't be there, and maybe. Yeah, maybe Kane would have been in the squad or, you know, more likely to feature on Thursday or next weekend if the window wasn't still open. I mean, do we think that, you know, in the era, I mean, look, I think we all recognise that Sky changed football. I mean, we all recognise this. It's it's impossible. I mean, this- there wasn't football before Sky. <laughs> there was no football between Sky and the Premier League. We all know this. That's right. Uh, you're absolutely right. But so, but, 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 you know. Just to, just cut me some slack here and let me pretend there was. Um, you know, we we we, under, we we would agree that you know super leagues and whatever the, the the big change was Sky. Do we think that you know social media, Sky, all of that? Do we think that they've made the transfer deadline being at the end of August, i.e., two or three games into the season? Do we think it's because of them? Because it's that extra drama? Because we do dance around elephants in rooms, and you know, it's become almost as important as the first few games of the season itself, right? And is it because of these sources and because of the what, the gossip, the increasing gossip world we live in? I, I think Sky would, would do the same whenever it was. I don't think that would change anything. I think what I find most interesting about this is that other reporting, and particularly now you've got 24-hour news, is more like transfer deadline day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, when you get a general election, like the result on that, they almost cover like transfer deadline day now. And I think, you know, back in 2010 when we had the hung parliament, and it was going on. Like Sky News' wow. reporting of that was exactly the same as Sky Sports News. <laughs> so I think really what's actually happened is that we've kind of transferred deadline today, all news. And yeah. <laughs> wow. That's sort of quite frightening, actually, because, and, and by the way, I have to throw this little adjoiner in there. The old ITK. I mean, uh, how much attention do you pay to him? Do, do, do you all have a little favourite ITK? Uh, do, do, do you do you engage in that? Do you uh, do you ever allow yourself to drift on the the fantasy of dreams from someone with an exotic name from a far climb who tells you that someone glorious is coming? I do enjoy um, ITK. I like I enjoy reading it just because I find it funny, and I think and and also because sometimes it's like, oh, imagine if that actually wasn't bullshit. <laughs> but um, what was? G- give me an example. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember Leandro? I'm you on the spot. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. How can we forget Leandro? Leandro's become legendary, isn't he? You remember that? Leandro kind of cropped up for the next six or seven yeah. years just because. It was like this. Was it blue and yellow? Blue and yellow, yeah. But it was like blue and yellow. That's right. Oh, blue and yellow. It was like this sort of like colour-coded, like, oh, blue and yellow, blue yeah. and yellow, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. It's coming. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of ITK is just now, especially on social media, it's, it's about people just 
will post anything for clout, you know, so anything for likes, anything for retweets, anything for follows. And um, and that's what it's become. But then every once in a while, there's that one that comes true. And, and it just, it completely reinstates your faith that IT key isn't, uh, IT key, Nunu, IT key. I'm still in pre-season mode. This is my first pod for a little while. So. Uh, you're all right. You're keeping up with the action. Just keep your focus and fitness in these last 10, 15 minutes and you'll be fine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Go on, I, you had your hand up there, Milo. I, like, I hadn't thought uh, thought about this before coming on, but I think I've talked talk, talk to you about this before. But way back when, I had a bet with a mate that I couldn't get a story in a national new, or in a newspaper. And I made up... So I'm sure I told you this, yes, yeah, this before. Yeah, yeah. I, no, made, no, I made up stuff great. about Diego. The world needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> I made up stuff about Diego. And this is the only time I've done this. So if I say anything on Twitter or what Wh- have which you... Which Diego? Just, just to be clear. The Sock. The, uh, the Brazilian <laughs> player. And oh, okay. um, so what I did... <laughs> Is that in the no gossip? The sock is that what he was known as? Diego it was, it was what it came out as uh, when it's put through Google Translate. <laughs> I think was why he got ended up being called that. Um, oh, that's great. Okay. Good. Um, so, but I put a story on his club's message board with made up quotes from him saying that he was looking forward to coming to Spurs because he wanted to work under a Portuguese manager. And um, so basically linking him with Mourinho. This is before Mourinho joined um, Chelsea. And uh, Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> before you go any further, would you mind please not... We're trying not to mention that name tonight on the pod. And I'm going to have to be very strict about this. You'll, we'll have to edit this, this out. Is before he poisoned, he this name. is before he poisoned your mind against him. But um, yeah, but basically, I, I got I got it into the standard. Basically, I, I I put made up quotes on on his club's message board, linking him to Spurs and working with the Portuguese speaking manager. That got lifted lifted and then quoted elsewhere. And then, kind of about a, a few days later, I saw the made up stuff that I put out there, kind of quoted back at me from people. Amazing. And then it got picked up. Is by that your journalist. best ever? Oh, that's the only one I've ever or done. Was, Di- was, Di- was Dybala your best ever? <laughs> uh, anyway, I do think <laughs> no, it's great, isn't it? Though when you see it, that's a, that's a tremendous uh, example of, of of you know what makes the transfer window sort of exciting, I suppose, in the way, right? Richard? Yeah, you didn't make up Enkudu, did you? And we actually went know. and bought him. No, is that on your bank? <laughs> <laughs> I believed it, even the club. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. it's interesting that of the rumours, I think the one that always that really seduced me at the time was Rivaldo. I really, oh. actually, somewhere believed that, that was going to happen, and that resulted in the in the in the sort of the nice letter. Do you remember that mm. we got sent a nice letter by him yeah. saying, "I really, you're nice, but I'm not. You know, I didn't want to. You're not really good enough for us." But I think in terms of uh, ITK that delivered, the only one I can really remember that shocked me was Rafa van der Vaart. Oh, yeah. And I don't even know if there was much ITK before he came. I think someone mentioned it was in the making. That was a proper deadline day special. Is that the only deadline day special we can remember benefiting from? Because Raziak, as exciting as he was, doesn't quite count <laughs> when you stack him up next to Rafa van der Vaart now, does it? <laughs> that Rafa van der Vaart day, I don't, yeah, I don't think there was much going on beforehand. That was on deadline day. And I think it, it, it? that was with Harry, wasn't it? And didn't Harry mm. say that Levy basically said to him... I've got a present for you if you want it or something like that. 
and it was on deadline yeah. day. And then when he said Van der Vaart, and, and I mean Harry, for 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 all, for all his uh, some of you know for all his faults, he does tell it, spin a good yarn, and the way he described it on the day was brilliant. No, but there should be loads of deadline days because we only sign players on the last day, don't we? Apparently, so there must be loads of deadline day ones. No. But... I was thinking that when you're talking yeah. about ending the transfer deadline day on yeah you know, before the season starts. I mean, it, it could be a week long and you still get the same number of deals because basically it comes down to kind of the last few days and then everything starts moving yeah um and it's only really a handful of clubs who can afford you know the ones who can really afford to go out and just pay any price who do a lot of business before then which does beg the question once again why doesn't it all happen before the season starts then who benefits the most from I mean, the only time? problem i can see with it being early is i mean if you've got a euro championships or a world cup some some national teams will say that we don't want no kind of talk going on well so it makes it a little bit mm-hmm. awkward it shortens but as milo says you can do all this stuff in a week you just need to get skates on really yeah 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 i mean maybe you just have a position a, a bit a bit more like you see in germany where um players are negotiating or managers are negotiating during a season and, and it's all lined up and then it's just finalised once the window opens. I'm sure there's a lot of that that goes on anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a slight issue that there around um, conflicts of interest potentially if you've got a player who's agreed to move, but you, you do see that, don't you? Uh, yeah, and you do. And I think even with international tournaments, say most, most international tournaments finish around the 10th or 11th of July, so you've still got a good few weeks until, you know, even the if, if we were to do a July 13th, 30, is it 31st 30th I'm not sure deadline you you'd still have a good few weeks to do that and Harry would still be you know hanging out with, uh, out of his window of his of his whatever car he has at the time you know there's that's a staple part of the transfer window and uh mm. I, I just wanted to do you guys remember Moutinho well, that was mm-hmm. a deadline day where it didn't go over the line and uh yeah. that was you know it was basically we, the yeah. facts didn't come through in time and it was like even even at like well, you... 12 20 we were like no hang on this could still happen or something <laughs> well that's my question actually i had a question uh, you, you, you just segued perfectly into it i mean do we actually believe there is a genuine fax machine at the end of the premier league registration uh, uh office in in their office do we think it does all trundle through a fax machine even if you like send it from your phone or whatever i mean they surely surely can't still do that can they it's got to be metaphoric it has to be if there is a couple of days before the transfer de- deadline they must be a bit like I am with my home printer when I need to use it like twice a year. Yeah. And I, I, I turn it on and then I realise that the ink's all dried up and it doesn't work anymore. But isn't it extraordinary how many of these deals go to the wire? And you do hear these excuses like, well, it didn't get through the, the, you know, to the office in time. I think maybe in, the, in, in other leagues it works. Maybe in, the, maybe in the first division, second division, I don't know. It might work that way. I'm not sure. But I can't believe that anyone in the Premiership is operating with a physical fax machine anymore. If there isn't a Premier League fax machine or clubs don't have fax machines, then my whole life has been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> They do seem to say that, though, though, don't they? They do still seem to sort of <laughs> yeah. confirm that the fax machine is in existence. Yeah. I mean, whether we've got one at our end, I'm not quite sure. Because you can send a fax like via a PC, but at their end, at the old pre- Premier League. Oh, if we if we if we have one at our end, you know that Daniel's messing with the reception too, <laughs> depending on how he wants things to go. I mean, you know that's going to happen. He's, he's I mean, not checking be... in, is he? No, <laughs> someone's no, it's a blank page again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, what a shame. (laughs) It's excellent. (laughs) 
I mean, you would you'd love to know some of the some of the truly absurd stories. I mean, you know, we all remember Peter Odom Wingy yeah. driving down oh. to basically part in his car. I mean, out, was it outside QPR and Harry wanted to sign him yeah. and everyone, but they wouldn't let him go, and he was basically loitering in his car for several hours. I mean, I wonder how many loony stories like that we've been involved in. I mean, I, I've got to say that. That summer that we ended up with Gregor Rasiak will resonate with me forever because when I remember my my uh, my, my best mate uh, Johnny Edelman and I you know on the phone like exchanging like God do you think something's going to happen do you think we're going to get this guy I think that might have been uh, yellow blue time I think Damian might have been around then and then he he literally we just both saw the news of Rasiak coming through at the same time and we got on the phone with each other and we just laughed. <laughs> For a minute, we didn't exchange words. We laughed because it was so painful and so amusing at the same time. Um, but you wonder, did we miss? Have we missed out on anyone at that moment that we ended up with him? How do you think? I mean, what about Dybala? Was that was that really as close as we thought? How many of these things are real versus manufactured? In your opinion, so, I mean, I think with Dybala, the third-party ownership and the image rights thing was just insurmountable. And, and I think all the way through the window, people have been saying that was difficult. I think we were just trying to take it down to the wire to see whether we could sort through that and whether, you know, as you were saying, Ricky, about whether you kind of the deadline focused people's minds and it made it more, um, you know, more doable. But, you know, and of course, what happens afterwards is that it becomes a, a you know, a, a stick to beat the ownership with because, we, you know, obviously we weren't trying hard enough or what have you. But, mm. you know, sometimes deals are just too difficult to do. There's plenty of examples where, where the ownership have fucked up, but I'm not sure that's one of them. Yeah, that is the real world, actually, isn't it? That sometimes it just is very difficult to do business. I mean, especially with us. Well, and especially with um, <laughs> a lot of those South American players and then they've come to Portugal yeah. and Spain. They, they are tricky. And I, I think he had a, a couple of different agents, didn't he, as well? So it wasn't just a case of kind of dealing with one person. I think there was other people claiming to represent him and saying, you can't talk to that person. You, wish, you know, it was, I think it was a really, really messy one. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about, I think it was deadline day when we um, got rid of a few car staff. So I think it was Berbatov and Keane and brought in Spurs legend Fraser Campbell. Oh, unbelievable. What an unbelievable window that was. That was probably the most heartbreaking window, yeah. actually, because we did lose 53 goals in, in, oh. in the space of a week. I mean, you know, we talk about the potential troubles we feel we might have if the elephant in the room was to be flogged. Uh, but I mean, crikey, they're nothing compared to 53 goals. I'm sure that will be in um, Levy's mind. I'm sure yes, that that, that window you. will be, you know, and the fact that City haven't been serious up until now. I think if they'd, yeah. if they'd put in a serious bid at the beginning of the window, maybe something could have happened. But I think this late in the window, I think I'm sure that will be, um, uh, you know, a factor that he will consider. Well, there has got to be a clock Surely on it, isn't there? There's you, definitely got to yeah, be a clock on yeah, it. Yeah, there has so. to be. There has to be. But I've I got to ask you, let's changing tack for a moment here, uh, the winter window, useless or not, keep it as short as you can. Do you think it's useless or do you think it's good? It should go. So I, I'd like to see a situation where you have to get all your business done before the beginning of the season and that's what you, you're left with the season. And I would include managers in that as well. I don't think I, I don't think you ought to be able to sack a manager in season. I think that they ought to be there for the season. I, I think that'd be fantastic. Wow. Yeah, it would be an interesting change. That would be. I, I agree with the tra- uh, this winter transfer window not being there because I think then you really get clubs having to utilise like reserves and youth team yeah. and actually build it from the club. The manager thing 
that worries me a bit just because of what happened last season. Well, and- I think you'd be able to, you'd be able to sack someone and replace them with someone from inside. So I think we'd be okay. okay but you couldn't right, bring okay. you couldn't bring in another an external manager. Okay, I'm back in. Okay, no, I agree with that. I was I was gonna I thought I might not, but I think as you say, keeping the squad as it is all the way through the nine months of the season does make sense because you just got to go down the list if you need players. You know, hoil them out of under 23s and yeah. that kind of thing but yeah nice security for the managers because you know that's a merry-go-round in itself isn't it the old manager thing so and just it might just give someone half a chance to turn the corner for once rather than lose yeah. 10 games and then you know yeah, true. out in your ear and it would make me laugh yeah I'd love it if Lego Head has to do the whole season at Arsenal <laughs> so this is yeah. not you wouldn't love it more than it more than any of us we'd all love it wouldn't we if he I mean yeah imagine that crikey Oh, Lord. Oh. You sold me on managers completely. Just thinking about that, and by the way, let me just remind everyone in a in a violent uh, head whip back to the uh, this weekend. Uh, the weekend started with the goons losing and ended with us winning. Couldn't be more perfect. Anyway, back to your regularly scheduled programming as we were. Um, I agree with you. I agree with what you said about uh, 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 one season. The only caveat I would have is I do think there should be special moratorium for goalkeepers. I think if you are for some yeah. reason you know, mm-hmm. your two or three goalkeepers down. I think you should be able to have an emergency loan yep. for a goalkeeper. Um, Six-month loan, no longer than that, just to get you through the season. Yep. I think that's that would be permissible for me. Other than that, I agree. I think it would be really interesting to see and challenge people's resources. You know? I've just thought another thing, another reason for that manager's thing as well. That means Chelsea wouldn't win the Champions League last season. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, if we're gonna play, if we're gonna play, what would have happened with that rule last season? I think a lot of things would have been different. But uh... I was going to say, I did have another idea. We're going back to what we said last week about the whole fire yes. sale thing. I think another great idea is everyone just rocks up at the O2 over a weekend. You know, all the agents, <laughs> all the Daniel will be there, and Roman will be there, and Jim White with a silly tie. Although I'll probably get a different presenter than him. Simon Jordan, maybe he can present. You want it like a cattle market? Yeah, that's you have what these saying. fences, like and the players are going around, and, and they're all bidding with their cards. And then they'll be thrashing it out, and there'll be the cameras there, and people like you know, there'll be little kind of zoned off bits where you can have meetings, but you know, there'd obviously be cameras. You have got to hear what's being said and all that kind of thing. Coutinho, 54, yeah. 54, Coutinho going for 50 million, 50 million. Do I have an advance on 50 million? That's a 65 million over there, 65. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I like I it, I like that. Just that could be good, it could be like an auction. Everything. I feel like it would be like Wall Blimey. Street or the Stock Exchange, yeah. a little bit like that as well, just people shouting over each other and, then, and trying to get deals And then done. at the very end, when there's just some players left, you'd line up on the wall like you're doing the school playground and there'll just be like the dregs at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's great! That's about to, oh my word! I wish we'd I wish we'd actually done some research on this idea. This is truly brilliant and makes me wonder who would be left yeah. last. Who's who's the uh, yeah? Who's the kid who gets picked last? Oh, I feel really bad. That would be great. This in this season's window, who's the kid who's going to get picked oh, last? Oh, I feel bad. It would be Sissoko, wouldn't it? <laughs> it probably would be, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? Bless him. Sadly, it probably would be. Well, it would actually be. In all fairness, it would be the the true tangible fulfillment of what sky and 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 everyone yeah. want yeah. from the transfer window wouldn't yeah. it really it would be in one place would you let the public oh in? definitely go have some pub yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is bringing to mind to me trading places and I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing sullivan and gold as mortimer randolph and mortimer and um and, and getting bankrupted by orange futures <laughs> I so love good it. to see them all at I work, though, because all this it. stuff goes on behind closed doors. It'd be so oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Who would be the host? It wouldn't be Jim White. No, he's sacked. No, he's not. He's no. not got it, has he? He's not. He's not got the vibe for well, it. Who's what, got the vibe? Well, to why don't we have Dion Dublin as he does Homes Under the Hammer? <laughs> and... 
he's a he's a co-host at least, right? You'd have yeah, he can hammer the gavel. But who's who's the showrunner? Who's the host? Well, Robbie Savage. Robbie. <laughs> oh. If he was Robbie if, Savage. If, yeah, I wonder. For a running commentary though, if he was still alive, if he was still alive, it'd be Sid Waddell, wouldn't it? If for a running commentary, get him on board. I think from the darts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd actually have. You're right. You'd actually have Paxman in to do the spot interviews yeah. right afterwards. Yeah. Like you know why that deal was done. That would be good to put. Imagine Jeremy Paxman interviewing Daniel Levy about why he didn't sell Harry Kane or something. It'd be tremendous. And I love it. I think we've. I think we've cracked it here, lads. I think that's fantastic. Um, one final question I do want to ask about the transfer window is. Uh, how do we all spend it deadline day? What do we all do? Let's be honest. Um, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna go to you first, Ricky. What do you do with the final the final day? Uh, well, this isn't actually going to be that exciting because quite often uh, I'm not really that interested in it anymore. I kind of fallen out of love with it. Not really. That- Same with the in the in the no stuff. Sort of um, more is less. And Jim White is quite annoying. Hate to say that, but he is. And and I suppose maybe the other reason is we've not really been in for too many players around the end of the window. So, Ram, how do you spend the the final day? So, well, much like Ricky, when I was younger, I used to like you know just religiously sit in front of Sky Sports and have like you know just waiting for updates, waiting for the yellow ticker to come in, you know, seeing whether Spurs had signed anyone or any of you know massive players come to the Premier League. Now, though, everything's kind of at your fingertips. Like my phone will pull up an alert or some or or you know someone in our group chat will go oh guess who's gone here or something like that so it's kind of where I'm more mobile now and I and and again like Ricky said I think we haven't had I guess Dybala was probably one of the more exciting things in recent years, but we haven't had that big thing, you know, about, oh, such and such. Even Bale was like not, it was amazing to have him back and to find out he was coming back, but I wasn't like, my mind wasn't blown by it, you know, it was just great to have him back. So I think, yeah, with social media and stuff like that, it's just, it's just there in the background. I enjoy watching Harry. That's about it. Milo? Yeah, I don't pay much attention to it anymore. I, I suppose uh, I'm the odd one out. I still, I still must admit, I do. I cannot help myself. I'm always hoping that we're going to pull some amazing signing out of the bag, something that's going to really just do it for us and uh, and push us over the edge. And uh, I think we all know my excitement at the Gareth Bale signing. Anyone want a shirt for a uh, two hundred quid? <laughs> I mean, the, the problem with the, the problem with the Sky program is, is you could drop in it into it for twenty minutes. It's just the sheer repetition. It's so mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I know Sky. Yeah. I know news yeah, I news rules are like that these days. And and also. They're never going to better. I can't remember who it was now, but have it, the guy having the dildo shoved <laughs> in his ear while he was on camera. <laughs> so, like, it peaks. It's it never going to get better. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> so funny. And why does the window always slam shut? Why can't they just politely close it and be? I've got a sound screen? effect for that. Uh, where are we? A slamming window. <laughs> oh, Bolt. that should be that, it. That's what, that's what I'm using in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I like that. I like that. But uh, okay, final question on this, and then we we genuinely will move on. Do we think that this transfer window, perhaps more than ever, this transfer deadline day, perhaps more than ever, given the car booter that uh, Ricky is, I think, actually quite presciently predicted for, uh, in Central Europe, uh, I, I think it is going to happen. Do we think that we're going to be part of that feeding frenzy? Oh yeah, I'll be watching it all day. Do we expect this to be? <laughs> <laughs> if, it's a, if, it, if it's a car booter, then basically everything good goes before about 7am, doesn't it? And then you're yeah. left with a couple of Barry Manilow LPs and um, and, uh, and, 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 and a tease made. 
I can't believe it. He's just, how can you knock Barry Manilow? On a Spurs pod. This is unbelievable. No, I'm I mean, not, I'm not. it's not a bad. It's not bad. I mean, you could. I mean, you know, you could say Limp Biscuit or something. <laughs> Come on, Barry Manilow. Why you've gone gone big there, mate? I think that's a little unfair. But anyway, see, we're not allowed to talk about Mourinho. So now it's just about Barry Manilow. <laughs> see, I, like again, I haven't brought his name up, and, and thank you very much. Sorry, it's been a Milo. brilliant discussion on the transfer window. You should apologise to Milo <laughs> for bringing up that name. It's disgraceful. Um, and I, I would not do it. You know that we've got a Mourinho and Poch swear box, don't you? And this is how we're going to fund this pod. <laughs> is that every time you mention them, you have to pop, pop a fiver in the pot. My pockets are full and my conscience is clear. This <laughs> That's all I can say. That's all I can well, say. Milo's banned from any Can't Smile Without You renditions at the lane. <laughs> I, can't, I know. Poo-poo in the man alone. It was unbelievable. He's... I'd like to. I think that was just. I think that was misplaced. I'm sure that we Max really to say. Yay. There you go. I knew you were getting your names confused. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Sing along, A man Max. of such impeccable taste as you have. I knew you were getting your names confused. Um, so we've actually managed to solve the transfer window uh, presentation dilemma for everyone. Uh, you can apply to the game is without glory. We will uh, sell you that idea. It is copywritten to us. Do not pinch it. Do not even think about it. We will sick our lawyers onto you. Thank you, Ricky, for that it was tremendous uh and lads that was a really fun conversation just to round things off uh we are back in europe the protest the proletariat champions league as we are referring to it on this show uh against fc passos de Fajeda. it'll be on thursday lads it's not going to be a walk in the park is it no no no, no. no they're a decent side yeah strong team i think we've got to it, it's worth quite a lot of money this so let's say if we get to the group stage uh, every win in the group stage is worth uh, half a million euros and if you win the group, you're getting 650 euros. And then after that, so it, it creeps up. So, I mean, basically, if we got to the final, it's worth about 9 million quid. So it's, it's you know, it's not Champions League money, but it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a fair amount. It makes a difference. Coefficient points are good as well. That keeps us rolling. Yeah, they that? are, yeah. yeah. I know that sounds yeah. a bit bland, but it is. But no, yeah, uh, they're, they're no. half decent seas. I mean, they finished fifth last year, pretty clear in fifth that's place. Right. And that's, that, that's very good on the budget they've got. Um, but... Yeah, I think they've got a game Monday, so they've only got three days before their game against us. They've been scheduled to play Monday. But the only play, I mean, I mean, there's probably loads of teams like this in the tournament. I mean, their stadium only holds 9,000. So, but they're a team on the up because I think they've been doing some improvements to that. So, yeah, they're, they're only back in the Portuguese top flight. This is only, last season was only their second season back up. Yeah. So they got relegated four years ago. They did one season in the second uh, flight and then, you know, second, second tier and then they're back up again. Um, yeah, they're playing Boa Vista to, yeah. uh, on Monday night. I think it's fair to say that we're probably going to see Christian Romero play, uh, who, by the way, did make his debut today for a few mm. minutes and didn't put a foot wrong. So good, good enough. We didn't mention it in the Man City review, but it should be noted. Yep. Uh, but do we think that, do we think Benny's going to play? And for those who are not familiar with the game is about glory. Benny is the name that we are giving to, to Brian you, Hill. You are giving. And if you, you can I'm, think ne- I'm never going to call him that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I'm not, right. I'm not, well, I'm not signed Are we going to give that. Benny, are we going to give Benny or whoever Milo, well, or however you want to call him, Milo. Are we going to give? Are we going to give Hill a game, Brian? I, I'm going to call him by his name. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Th- I do think we should be giving. We should, we should be giving um, these. Uh, you know, our new signings game time, and I think this is. Even though it won't be uh, a walk in the park, we should be. Give, you know, these players are good enough to kind of start and and get some get some minutes yeah. in their legs. There's a there's a striker we've got who's struggling to get some fitness together. I mean, maybe he could get a run out for 15 minutes or so. 
You would as well, wouldn't you? You'd have him on that plane tomorrow, wouldn't you? I'd take him over there, have him on the bench and put him on in the last minute of added time. <laughs> Brian will definitely play. 100% he's going to start. Um, they obviously put a lot of effort in today as well, so we've got to kind of see how they come out of the game. Uh, central midfield-wise, though, I'm not quite sure how we rotate that. Do we go as, does John play or Harvey White? Or can we risk one of them playing, maybe? What do you think? Yeah. I think Harry Winks will get oh, a game. Oh, Winks, to be yeah. honest, I think Winksy's going to play for sure. I think you'll see Winksy and Sissoko. That's why, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Winks, Skip, and LaCelso or something like that. But I'd, yeah, I'd be going. Pre- I'd be right. going pretty strong. I would. I think away we can just iron out any kind of risks there, and then we can come back to the lane. And also, um, Nuno doesn't rotate a huge amount. Uh, it's early in the season, so we haven't got a huge amount of games at the moment, and it's a chance for uh, you know to try and embed the systems and get the players used to it. So I think maybe it's one of those ones where you put out a reasonably strong side and treat it as a you know a, fr- a friendly, but you know you treat it as a chance to get people fit. Seven thirty kickoff as well, fans. Can I refer to to heal as life of? Will I get away with that? <laughs> King of no? <laughs> life of life of Brian. I just want to get a comedy nickname in. Okay, let's move on to Wolverhampton Wanderers. There's no no joy from this lot tonight, folks. No joy at all. My comedy genius is. I, being I refused your uh, last. Well, I refused your last comedy <laughs> nickname as well. So I'm not. Um, yeah. I'm not playing. That's because if you if you subscribe to my wife's theory, that is, I don't have any comedy genius. Anyway, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, we play them next Sunday. Quite an interesting game, really, isn't it? For for, for Nuno, uh, you know, he's going to know every page of their playbook. What do we think? What do we think is going to happen? Um, I think with... I mean, it's handy being being away in Portugal. I mean, it's handy that kind of someone new knows got some of the inside track on them. So that's going to help with mm-hmm. knowing their players. He's obviously not going to know the system. I watched their second half against Leicester. They actually played really well against Leicester. Um, they create plenty of chances. They played a 3-4-3. Jimenez is back. And Traore played on the left, but pretty much high pressed up. Both the three were quite high pressed up. And Troy had quite a few chances. Um, Mm. But yeah, they look decent considering they're under a new manager as well. And Leicester, obviously not a bad team. Is Harry going to play? Which one? Wolves? No, Kane. Yeah, is he going to play against Wolves? Yeah. Um, Possibly. Possibly. I think... um... Definitely bench minimum. Mm. Okay. Yeah, there's so the thing is it's so up in the air because we actually don't have a definitive answer of what's gonna we we you know we can say we don't think he's gonna leave or we definitely think he's gonna sure. leave but we don't know and I think that's again that's playing such a big part in in our in our sort of preparations do it you know for him so I don't know if he'll start I don't know if he'll be I think he he will be there. There's been a story for a month or so that he the plan was always to rest him for uh, the first few games of the season and give him a longer yeah. break after the Euros um you know obviously we don't know how true that is but that that was you know quite widely reported so yeah. you know maybe the plan was never that he, you know he, he'd, he'd never play that game let's see I think um let's I see. mean I think regardless of who he is I think uh Nuno's been being quite clear that who gets chosen who's up for selection is very much dependent on what's gone on in training, what they're taking on board, mm. what their fitness is like, and obviously the, the sports science side of it and that kind of thing. I think he's trying to instill, and if he's a bit further ahead with some players with instilling what he wants and the systems, um, he might well just go with that because he'll just think Harry needs two, three weeks to be where they are. I don't think, and that might actually be a good demonstration to say that we're all on that path. So until you're up mm. that path, you're not going to necessarily get selected. And there's a there's a case for not changing a winning team. They played great yeah. today. Yeah, exactly. And this is the perfect closing point uh, for, for, for the pod this week. It is to close on Nuno and it is to recognise uh, 
the tremendous amount of work he's done in what seven eight weeks mm-hmm. um and the uh and and the sense of purpose and identity i think he's given us um which was truly reflected in his side today and truly reflected in the result and the performance which was completely and thoroughly deserved and i think we'd all agree that um you know i'm not going to wait for the applause button i'm going to give nuno a round of applause myself it's tremendous yeah, did really well. would we all agree with that yeah yeah yeah, I think, yeah it's, fantastic it's so, nanny, so nanny, thank nanny you very era. much it is. It's the nini na na no nunu nanu 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 nunu era, and and again. So you know, thank you Tottenham Hotspur for coming back. Thank you White Hart Lane for being alive again. Uh, thank you the fans for being so vocal, uh, and thank you the team for you know really giving us a, a, just a really brilliant day today. And thank you Nuno for being a chief engineer of all of that. It's really exciting, and uh, we look forward to next week with Wolves that we'll be talking about and the pod, and we're. Look forward to all of these games now with a renewed sense of vigour, I think is fair to yeah, say. Yeah, up and running. Yeah. Get in there. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks, lads. It's uh well been a it's been a joyous one, really, it has to be said. So thanks very much indeed. Just Steph. there. Thanks, Steph. Okay, and we will be back next week with a look back at our game against Wolves and our uh proletariat champions league tie uh you can find us on twitter and instagram so give us a follow say hello if you like what you hear we have a bountiful archive full of oral treasures for you to plunder so please be sure to check them out and if you've listened this far into the pod you must really like it so please please do make sure you tell people all about us uh and those apple reviews my oh my they really do help us on our uh, our climb through the pod table thank you very much uh for joining us we will see you next week